Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When we come to the New Testament, we see the same exact character of God. Romans 2.4 Don't you see how wonderfully kind and tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that this kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Oh yes, there's times that we have to speak about hell. But we don't do it by scaring people. People come to God because of His goodness. How cool would it be to fully understand and experience the heart of Almighty God? Today, Pastor Mark will do his best to enlighten listeners of the very nature of our Lord. Sometimes people can confuse the God of the Old Testament as someone completely different than the God of the New Testament. Scripture states that the Lord is never changing, and the God that the Jews rejected in the Old Testament is the same God that many choose to reject today. Have you made the right decision in your life about who God is? It's never too late to commit your life to Him. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message entitled, Jerusalem and the Heart of God. There is such a thing called prophecy. That's what we're going to be studying. Now, for some of you, you're doubters. You don't believe it. You don't think that God has anything to do with the end of this world. But as you go through the scriptures, you're going to be hard-pressed to believe that when you finish chapters 24 and 25. God is aware, and he has a plan in place for how this world is going to end. Matthew 23, verse 37 Rejected love. I can remember back in 1966. I was finishing up my fifth year in my graduate work and stuff and all this stuff in hospital pharmacy at Wayne State University. So I would drive downtown Detroit. I lived at home. My wife was working downtown Detroit. We were dating. I had given her a friendship ring. Woo! And because of a series of events, one night, she gave me my ring back. That's good. Feel sorry for me. It was terrible. (laughs) Hopefully, you're going, oh, and Vera. How many of you remember when when your love was rejected? Come on, when you were dating, how many of you remember? Great feeling, isn't it? No. How many know I didn't sleep too well that night? Tossing and turning, tossing. That's that song, tossing and turning all night. Well, the next day, unknowns to my wife, I knew where her bus went 
downtown Detroit. So I got my little Mustang, and I followed her bus. She didn't know it. When she arrived downtown, she got off, and there I was. I honked my horn. She came back to me and said, what are you doing here? And we began to work on the relationship to see if we could restore it. Well, come November 12th, we've been married 41 years, so we did restore it. We did restore it. But I was rejected. It was terrible. And of course, once we restored it for the last 41 years, we just had smooth sailing. There's not been one problem in our life. You don't believe your pastor? You're exactly right. Rejected love. In our passage today, Jesus gives his last words to the nation of Israel. Jesus knows what rejected love feels like. He's been rejected by the leaders of Israel, and by and large, all the people of the nation of Israel. We begin in verse 37, Vier, verse 37. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. When Jesus mentions Jerusalem, it speaks of the entire nation of Israel. You see, Jerusalem was the capital city of God's chosen people. The ancestral home of David, Israel's greatest king. And the location of the temple was right there in Jerusalem. It was the earthly dwelling place of God. Now, it was intended to be a center of worship of the true God. It was intended to be a place of hope and holiness for all the people. To the nation of Israel, he has mixed feelings for his lost nation and people. Earlier, John said it like this. He, Jesus, came to that which is his own, but his own did not receive him. You see, Jesus was a Jew. He was born a Jew. He loved his nation, the nation of Israel, but the nation rejected him. Now, when you see Jerusalem, Jerusalem, in other words, calling the name twice, it indicates strong emphasis or a lot of Strong emotion. You see, Jesus was distraught in his heart over the nation of Israel and the city of Jerusalem. He knew the Jews had rejected him. He knew they were living in unbelief. But he knew one other thing. He knew what was coming because they had rejected him. Notice in that verse 37... Jesus says, you who killed the prophets and stoned those sent to you. Look what Jesus said in verse 31, Matthew 23. So you testify against yourselves that you are descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of sin of your forefathers. You snakes, you brood of vipers. How, long, how will you escape being condemned to hell? 
Therefore, I am sending you prophets and wise men and teachers. Some of them you will kill and crucify. Others you will flog in your synagogues and, well, pursue them from town to town. And so upon you, as a result of treating God's prophets that way, so upon you will come all the righteous blood that has been shed on the earth, from the blood of the righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. And here's the key, verse 36. And I tell you the truth. All this will come upon this generation. Within 40 years, Jesus is saying, let's just assume that we were the people listening to his last message here in Melbourne and Vieira. He was saying this to us. Before this generation is through, typical generation in those days was seven years. Before it's through, you're going to see the judgment of God. That judgment of God would really begin before 70 AD, but that would be the culmination. When Titus, we'll see this over the next few weeks, Titus would come with the Roman armies and he would destroy Jerusalem. Thousands and thousands of Jews would be murdered. The temple, the beautiful temple, as we'll learn next week, not one stone would remain upon the other stone. And because they rejected God, because they would not repent, they would not escape judgment. They had rejected the love of God and refused to listen to Christ's words. That's why there was mixed emotion in God, in Jesus. Well, go back to 37, verse 37, same chapter. Notice we'll begin right here. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. What was Jesus doing? Notice this picture. It will remind you a little bit of what Jesus was trying to do spiritually. Here's a picture of a mother bird with her little chicks. Psalms 91.4, you see it. He will cover you with your feathers, with his feathers, and under his wings, you'll find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. When you see that little mother and her little chicks, if you're a chick, you feel comfortable because there's safety and there's protection. Understand, I'm going to give you five keys today. Here's the first key for you to write down. Number one, when Jesus says, how often I've longed to gather you together as a chick, as a hen gathers their chick under her wings, we see the love and the compassion of God. We see the love and the compassion of God. You see, so often people believe when they think about God, they think about this. God gives people one chance and then he's angry at them. They think the God of the Old Testament is different than the God of the New Testament. No, the God of the Bible is the same. He's a God of love and compassion. He created us. He wants to know us. He created us to know him. So this is a picture of God who, just like a mother bird, covers the young with its wings, tenderly and carefully. You see, God says through Jesus, I wanted to bring you into safety. I wanted you to come under the shelter of my 
spiritual wings. I wanted you to be protected. I didn't want to take my hand of blessing from you. Nation of Israel, I didn't want to expose you to the elements of the world. I didn't want you to leave unprotected. But I often, often wanted to gather you as my children. Through the Bible, we see this many ways. Jesus himself would say this one day. Come unto me, all you who are labored and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. How can we take this from a, from a picture of a bird? How can we take that? How can we take that and apply it spiritually? Well, it's very easy to do this. Let's go to a barnyard. And here in this barn and yard and farm, we have a picture of a, a hen. And a hen has these little chicks. And you know what little chicks do. They just go all over the place. They're always looking for a little seed and getting themselves in trouble. Mom's watching them carefully. Out of her eye, as she looks up, she sees a hawk circling. What does mom do? Now, I don't know how she does it. Whatever the deal is. But she makes herself known. And what do you see those little chicks doing? And they're coming under what? Her wings. And she'll move to an area against the barn, against the wall, against someplace. Protected. They come under her wings. They're safe. She's been watching for the enemy. Now what if the little chick doesn't come? It's exposed to the elements. It's going to be the end of the little chick. You see, as you think about that, Spiritually, what was Jesus saying? The mother hen was Jesus. He said, how long, how often I've longed to have you come under my protection, my wings. The chicks, the people of the nation of Israel. The hawk, Satan. You say, Pastor Mark, that's a nice picture for the Jewish people, but what does it have to do with me? Oh, it's the same. You see, the mother hen is God. The little chicks are you and me. The hawk, it's the same. It's Satan. And Satan's goal, say it with me, is to steal, kill, and destroy. It's exactly the same. And so Jesus says, I want to protect you. I want you to come to me. And he says to the Jews, I want to bless you. I want to do good to you. And he wants to bless you this morning. And he wants to bless me. God loves us. And he doesn't want to see us punished. He doesn't want to see us suffer the consequences of rebellion and disobedience. So much so that God would have to say this in the Bible to remind us of his character. That he's loving. Notice Ezekiel 33. You see it. As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of wicked people. I only want them to turn from their wicked ways. Well, why does he want them to do that? So they can live. See, God came to give us life and life abundantly. Turn, turn from your wickedness. There you see turn and turn again. Emphasis, strong emotion. Please turn, turn from your wickedness, O people of Israel. Why should you die? 
When we come to the New Testament, we see the same exact character of God. Romans 2.4. Don't you see how wonderfully kind and tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that this kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Oh yes, there's times that we have to speak about hell. But we don't do it by scaring people. People come to God because of his goodness. So again, Jesus shows us the heart of the Father. Jesus would say earlier, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And Jesus loved Jerusalem, Israel, and the chosen people deeply. He was devastated that they had rejected his love and the gift of God, the Messiah. Well, look at verse 37. I want you to look at two words. They're very interesting words. How often, how often, how often I have longed to gather you children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. Here's the second key you want to write this morning in Vieira and Melbourne. We see, the, we see the patience of God. You see, over and over again, Jesus had given the people of Israel and the leadership a chance to repent. But they simply refused the love and the truth of God. Keep your finger right there. Turn back almost to the book of Revelation. Turn back to 2 Peter chapter 3. Vieira, 2 Peter Chapter 3. In the Old Testament, Nahum, verse 3 of chapter 1 says this. The Lord is slow to anger, and he's great in power. In Second Peter, we discover that God is a patient God. Look at it. Verse 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. And that relates to, we'll talk more about it over the next few weeks. People say, oh, I've heard about the rapture and the second coming, God's coming back. I heard it all my life. Where in the world is he? Oh, he's coming. Don't doubt it. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Here's the key. Look at it. He is patient with you. If you want to make that personal, you could just realize, he is patient with me, Mark Balmer. Not wanting... Anyone to perish, but everyone to come. Notice, this is the only way you can come to God, to repentance. God is a patient God. God, well, no one can complain that God is quick on the draw. Do you know something today? God never took, ever, an anger management course. He's patient. He doesn't want anyone to perish. Over and over again, the Jews knew this. Notice, Jesus says, how often, how many times I've spoken to you. How many times I proved to you I was a Messiah. How many times I took scripture from the Old Testament, your Bible, and proved to you. And yet you rejected my love. How often? Well, the Jews knew about the patience of God. Their king, their number one king was David. You remember, he committed adultery with Bathsheba. Well, how long did God wait before he confronted David of his sin? One year. David was miserable for a year. Finally, God sent the prophet Nathan, and David repented. Well, that wasn't the only time. You remember, Israel as a nation, 
They were in bondage 400 years. God said to Moses, I'm going to bring you, Moses, to bring these people into freedom. And Moses, remember, he made all kinds of excuses. God was patient with him. Finally, Moses came. And then God took Moses to Pharaoh and said, I'm going to bring a plague. Let my people go. And over and over and over, plague after plague after plague after plague after plague. And finally, Pharaoh said, I've had enough. I'm hardening my heart to you. And God said, all right. There's judgment coming. And then, of course, you remember when the children of Israel were getting ready to walk right into the promised land, God says, take it. They said, no, we're not going to take it. And they ended up in the wilderness for 40 years. What kind of people were they for 40 years? Griping and complaining. 40 years. Where's the onion? Where's the leeks? Why don't we go back to Egypt? God was patient for four years. He got them food every day, six days a week. Their shoes never wore out. So these Jews understood that. I'm so glad this morning that God is patient with me. How about you? Anyone here glad that God's patient with you? So when you think of this this morning, you know, quite often in our services, because the world gets so funky and it gets so crazy, We'll say things like this. And we mean well, we just don't understand. Oh God, come quickly. Take us out of this mess. And then we drive home. And we go down our streets. And the Sunday morning paper hasn't even been picked up in many of the homes. People aren't in church. They're clueless. We go to work and people at work, it's the last thing they want to talk about is God. And then... Those of you that are in college, you'll see all these people that you sit next to in class that don't know God. And then, of course, the holiday season. We all will meet with our relatives. Some of them have never turned their life over to Christ. How could we say, God, come quickly? I'm glad he's patient. I'm glad God's patient. He doesn't want anyone to perish. Well, look at verse 37, how often I have longed, circle these three words, I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, circle these five words, but you were not willing. I was willing, says Jesus, but you were not willing. If you miss everything today, you have to understand this principle. Here's key number three. Vieira, key number three. We see balance between the sovereignty of God and the free will of man. Throughout history and even now, we see the love, patience, and compassion of God. Today we learn from Pastor Mark that the heart of God has always been fashioned around his love for mankind. All of Scripture speaks of God's goodness, and His actions continually show it. So why do so many choose to reject Him? If you've doubted God or His heart for you, trust that He wants nothing more than a personal relationship with you. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Is there any part of you that thinks you can make it to heaven without God or that you're not responsible for your sins? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach listeners of the consequences that will come for those who reject Jesus. However, for those that have not yet accepted His love, there's always hope. Take responsibility for your sins and hand over your life to the only one who can save it. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a herd